episode 29, Crate Dragon. What the fuck? Hello, you are listening to Star with the F***, the podcast where we discuss the Star Wars universe one useless fact at a time. I'm your host, Jason Tagmeyer, along with... Marty Cobb. And... Mike Mattel. And our good buddy, Alex, is dead in the desert. That's quite a sad way to end this incredible journey that he's been on for the past months. And to start the podcast. Yep. So, there's an elephant in the room, and his name is Mike. How you doing, Mike? Oh, thanks. Hi. (laughs) Max Rebo. That was insulting, wasn't it? I didn't mean it to be. There he goes. He just left. (laughs) Uh, So, Mike, tell us about yourself and your Star Wars uh, history. Okay, Star Wars. I was 11 when Star Wars came out, and it changed my life completely. I've seen a Facebook picture of you dressed as Han Solo. Mm, yeah, it was. Um, I went to a Philly Con, Philly Comic Con, with my friend Adam Hughes, and we were Han and Luke. Nice, it's good nice. choice. When was that? Was that? Oh God, I don't know. Nineteen eighty-two. <laughs> okay, pretty cool. Um, so you, I assume you saw Star Wars in the theater. Yes, absolutely. Oh yeah, it was fantastic. Nothing like the big screen back in them days. Um, my my question is, have you seen all of them in the theater? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I assume. Because uh, that's a good segue into uh, your prequel thoughts, <sighs> which is an important part of any Star Wars discussion, I think, at this point. Okay, Phantom Menace. I saw that in the theater, and I was the only one who didn't give it a standing ovation. <sighs> wow. It's just, I mean, I do enjoy that movie, and there's parts of it that I really love, and parts of it that bug me, not as much as the other ones, but... I don't remember standing ovations. Like, I really just... Like, it's hard to imagine a standing ovation nowadays. Mm. Oh, yeah, no. If, I mean, like, uh, when they re-showed it in 3D, uh, what was that, like, three years ago or two years ago? I can't imagine there were standing ovations then. And you're a couple of years older than us, so I imagine you... Not that I was very young. I was, you know, what, like, 20 when it came out. Marty was... Seven. Yeah. Seven when that movie came out, I think. But, um... I'm curious of the impression as an you know as a fan that was there the first time around. Well, my expectations were really high because of so many years um, intervening since uh, Return of the Jedi. So I was expecting a lot, and the first opening scene and with them cutting through the bulkhead and and the force speed, it was fantastic. And then it just fell apart from there with uh, with Jar Jar. That, that ruined it. Right? Was it Jar Jar that ruined it? Mostly, yeah. It was... How about, like, the Senate stuff? How do you feel about that? I was falling asleep. Yep. Yeah. Well, Jar Jar's when the movie, like, you finally start to realize, oh, wait a second. Something's off here. I, I think it's the point where, like, like all the the, the, vice, the nostalgia goggles go away and you're like, wait See, a I was second. still in at that point. But here's what's really interesting about all that, because everything you're saying right there is... The way Marty, being that being his first go at it, probably feels about the Force Awakens coming. That's true. It is. Um, I well, and that's a scary thought because I'm super hyped for Force Awakens. Like, how do you feel about it? Because I know some people are worried about being burned a second time. I'm actually hopeful. I, I set the bar lower this time, so I think <laughs> well, that's that's my it's my, gonna be crap. That's yeah. my thought is that like 
the uh, the bar's already been set low enough that at this point, like anything is bound to be better. And... See, this time we're only competing with the last trilogy and not the original. So exactly. Uh, but my bar is as high as it can get, and I'm jumping at every little nugget that I can get out of it. So oh, you are. I'm. I have total news blackout. I don't know. You don't anything. know anything. Nothing. So please don't spoil. Uh, yeah, I don't really know. I've been avoiding spoilers, but have you seen the trailers? No. Oh, yeah. not wow. going really going really all that out mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right, so we'll keep this very spoiler free. Um, well, we're not talking about something that may or may not be in the films, anyway. So. We don't know anything about it, but we were going to speculate a little bit. But in our speculation, we'll keep it. Uh, we won't mention anything we've seen. Yep. Cool. All right. This is like talking to people at work that have never seen the original Star Wars. Talking to Mike, who's never seen the trailers for <laughs> for the new Star Wars. Oh, always a good time. I, I wish I had that kind of patience, though. That's really cool. That's... I, mean, I saw a movie recently, and I had to sit there and, and plug my ears and say, nah, 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 just to not see the trailers. And... I've done that, but yeah. I can't. Yeah. Not not nine, eight more months or seven well, more Well, doing months. this podcast pre- prevents me from even trying that. That's true. So, like, I have to know something. We gotta, you got to watch listening to this, too, as a listener. Mike's a listener, so everybody knows. Yeah, absolutely. Other listeners, this could be you. This could be you, or... The only one. Or there's only one listener, and we managed to get him onto the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I just so, heard about Patreon. Why don't you tell me about that? By the time this comes out, Patreon will be a thing. Patreon is actually... Uh, it's a little crowdfunding service, and we're doing a... Uh, it's it's great for like podcasts and, and regular content and all, but it's basically um, a way to fund some money to cover cover the costs, and... For Fruitless Pursuits, our little parent company, uh, we're we're gonna run a Patreon where if you want to support us, you can pay you can you know pay a dollar a month or whatever, and it helps pay pay the upkeep and the bills. And it's four different podcasts along with us. But if you pay a couple more dollars a month, you get some exclusive content. So that's out there now. Uh, the exclusive content for us is a lot of fun, and it's gonna it's gonna we're gonna keep that up. So check it out. Uh, just Google it. Patreon Fruitless Pursuits. Can I be your first patron? You can. May the 4th. Oh, right. Uh, which will be two days ago? <laughs> yeah, by the time this comes out? Yes, I believe so. May the 4th be with us previously. Great. Then I will have two days ago been your first patron. <laughs> Yay. So speaking of Patreon, Crate Dragons. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a transition there. Um, <laughs> that was a great one. You could say that they are the patrons of Tatooine? There you um, go. <laughs> the crate dragon is our is our is our episode today, as you would have heard in the intro, and it's uh you may know it from the 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 bones in yeah. on, on Tatooine when C three PO and R two D two kind of cruise on by, but officially I don't know if this is officially or unofficially the crate dragon was a large carnivorous reptile carnivorous reptile native to Tatooine. That's basically all there is for the basic uh, statement. There's not a lot. To that statement at all. There's just there's just nothing there. And just like everything we see, like because we see one on Tatooine, it's native to Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Of Which, course, mm, you know. Well, I'll, I'll be fair. I think that being native to Tatooine makes more sense than it being native everywhere. Like this is a thing that exists on Tatooine. That's true. That doesn't exist on like eighty other planets, like the Rancors do. They had brown skin and yellow eyes. That's interesting. Yep. Their head was covered with a multitude of horns. The cry of a crate dragon was enough to ward off Tusken Raiders, a primitive culture also indigenous to the sands of Tatooine. Crate dragons were commonly known for their pearls, bodily concentrations, 
that were considered to be highly valuable. All right, we'll have to talk about that. I know about the pearls. Tell me. I'm kind of nervous to hear about the pearls because they're called bodily concentrations. But um, Well, I mean, like, what I know about the pearls, personally, is that you have to collect one in the um, Knights of the Overpublic. It is a mission where you have to mm-hmm. kill a great dragon with a bomb. If I, or you, I can, so. you can kill it with a bomb, but there might be another way to do it. I can't remember. Uh, what do you know about the pearls? Well, I know that they swallow rocks, boulders, really. And the boulders uh, grind their food... And they get worn down and actually create these pearls. So it's like a like a gizzard with a chicken. It's exactly like that. Yes. Okay, so that makes sense. I'm Wait, so grossed out. <laughs> well, that is gross. I well, mean, like they, you wouldn't want it. They can be attuned to. Uh, they can be uh, uh, shaped and attuned to make uh, lightsaber crystals as well. That's true. I actually knew that one because I think you can use the crystal mm-hmm. in. That's the old republic. That's the nice republic, and in the RPG as well. Okay, so the, uh, the pen and paper ones, right? The, yeah, the FFG pen and paper. The, uh, okay, so the most recent ones. And I'm sure you can probably do it in some of the older ones, because I know that at least the West End game one, second edition, had like a billion and a half source books. Yeah. yeah. So how do you obtain the pearl? Uh, I imagine that you just... Other have... than just killing it for well, you kill a it single pearl? You kill it, and then you select it, and then <laughs> you go through its inventory, and you can take... <laughs> and you take it. Now, I, I imagine that... Are there multiple pearls, or is it just one? That's actually a good question. I have no like, idea. in the game, I'm sure you just get one. That's, like, whatever. I don't but, know. Um, I mean... So, a fierce hunter, the crate Dragon, became an important part of the indigenous cultures of Tatooine. It was thought by some xenobiologists to have descended from the... Duanawigwin? Also known as Star Dragons, although no substantial evidence was offered in support of a connection to the Dewanaguin, the Crate Dragon was prov- uh, a proven relative of the smaller Kel Dragon. In order, in honor of the beast's sheer power and ferocity, the Jedi, Jedi Order named the Shin and Gemso form of lightsaber combat, combat the Way of the Crate Dragon. Hmm. Um, so, there's this whole like Tatooine connection to it. You oh, definitely. Know. But it actually makes it more confusing, going back to uh, the lightsabers being named that. Why would the Jedi name it after this one dragon thing that exists on one planet? That's what I'm saying. It has this, like, Tatooine thing, and the Jedi weren't native to Tatooine. I mean, they had a, Jedi has a history of Tatooine with Luke. I mean, they're based in Coruscant, which is on the exact exactly. opposite end of the universe, if I recall them saying. See, so, wait, what? I know. You know? Well, Do I you have know? An idea. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't even sure there was an answer to this. When they, when they, when the crate dragons know they're going to die, they go to a specific place, and yes, they yeah. often are attracted to places of uh, strong concentrations of the force. So, if you can find that location, cave or whatever it is, you can find the remains of crate dragons and harvest the pearls that way. Is that the crate graveyard? Yes, that would be the Crate Graveyard. They they, They instinctively go to the Crate Graveyard when they're about to die. So I I feel like the Crate Dragons bringing that up and bringing up the pearls are sort of a mixture between everything because they're uh, Komodo Dragon in look. Besides like the skeleton that you see for that one second in um, A New Hope, they look more like like Komodo Dragons. They're not actual dragons Mm -hmm. like you would see in regular fiction. Um, And... They have gizzards like chickens, which I'm sure reptiles have those, but I, I, I don't know a lot about reptile biology. Um, but they also go to one place like elephants are supposed, supposedly mm-hmm, do. Mm-hmm. So I find that very odd. Like, so just a here's what I find that's odd things. about it. We see a single one in the desert. 
So it's we don't we obviously don't see a crate graveyard in A New Hope. We just see a single dead skeleton of one. Yep. But they take that dead skeleton of one and make a whole story about dead skeletons with the with the crate graveyard. And it's like it's just that thing where they take the little bit we know and expand that instead of expanding, you know, like what it is in its life and what it, it's. They go right into the, the the skeletons and what that importance is, but it has no importance in the film because we see a single one in an entire graveyard. Yeah, so it's what really that, bizarre. What that means is that the crate dragon failed to get to the graveyard on time. <laughs> like he was like, well, I'm just gonna take a nap for a little bit and I'll be there soon, and then he died. Aww. He was heading to Luke. Probably. Because of the force. Yeah. The, there you go. There you go. That makes sense. Because there's darkness in that uh, sand, that um, sand people it gets it camp. Yeah. <laughs> well, strong concentrations of the force doesn't necessarily mean the good side of the force. That's true. It could be the dark side of the force. That's what I'm saying. If there's a sand people, like, village near there that Anakin slaughtered, that'd be a good place for a crate dragon to hang out. That's true. So, uh, crates in... Ta- crates... I guess we're already on first name basis. Crates <laughs> in Tatooine culture. Uh, the sand people of Tatooine re- 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 revered revered the crate dragon as a powerful hunter and centered their primary maturity ritual on it. Adolescent males were abandoned in the Tatooine dune and only accepted back into their tribes as adults when they had slain a crate dragon. Which, this actually raises a more confusing part, because the only other thing we know about the crate dragons from the movie themselves is that that weird noise that yes. Obi-Wan makes is an imitation of the call that they make, of the, the crate oh. dragons make. Yep, which, and it scares the same people. Which call? The... No, I meant, is it the hunting call or the mating call? Well, it would be the hunting call, I assume. Or either would scare them, maybe. Well, that's true. You don't want to be around a... A, 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 <laughs> a horny crate dragon? Yeah, you don't want to... Well, they're already horny, but you... You're that, more, that's uh, true. You want to... Um, uh, in heat, I guess is... It's hot, um, Tatooine. It is, it is, actually. So, the same people and Jawas placed the crate dragon in a position of a powerful spirit and believed that their bones possessed magic. They probably did. Jawas brave enough to risk the acquisition of crate dragon bones were held in high regard among their people. So that explains why it was sitting there untouched. The Jawas yeah. are afraid of it. Actually, interesting uh, trivia note, the crate dragon bones are still there. In Tunisia? In Tunisia. They're are just they? sitting there out in the note, and apparently when they went to... Uh, Did ISIS of, grab them yet? Well, they might <laughs> have. destroy them? The, who knows? Um... The crate dragon bones were there when they went to back to the set on um, for uh, Attack of the Clones. Let's let's go. I yeah. want to go. Well, I don't know if we can go anymore. Yeah, they ruined they, it for they ruined for all Star Wars fans. Yeah, all, all Star Wars fans have had it ruined. Oh, that's hard to that's hard to I say. <laughs> yeah, it still lies there. During filming of Attack of the Clones, the site was visited by crew, and the skeleton was still found there. It's weird that I I would have thought it would have been at least covered over, but. Um, I would like to think that they did it, and they were like, "This would be the spot," and they dug it like an archaeology site. <laughs> just a bunch of nerds like <laughs> clearing off the sand just to see it for once. Uh, here's a little behind-the-scenes note: a backpack made from a great dragon skull was one of the many items available to players in Star Wars Galaxies. That's when, about it. When I first started reading that sentence, I was hoping it was an actual like product that was released. Nope, it was like so obscure. You, can I buy the crate dragon bone playset? Though I would like that. Like I get one uh, R two uh, C three PO action figure, and then one crate dragon skeleton. 
that's in like a bin full of sand. <laughs> it's like a really depressing toy. Yeah, uh, that would be an amazing um, like diorama, like a Star Wars setup. Um, I would love like a full size uh, Hot Toys. Who, who makes the Hot Toys uh, sideshow? Yes, like a sideshow crate dragon uh, uh, skeleton. I'd pay for that. It'd be like a thousand dollars. Yep, because it would have to be. It would have to match your six scale action figure of C three PO. Yep. So it'd be pretty big. Um, so I want to talk about how the dragons, like all of the pictures of the dragons, aren't consistently the same thing. <laughs> like as you can see, if you look through the, uh, it's Wikipedia very squat. Page. Most of the ones that I, I've seen. Yeah, no wings. Yep, they're not really dragons in that shape, but they all have very different looking styles, and there are different species of dragons, and they're very different from each other in that respect, but the, even the ones that are like the basic version of it don't really match up. The only thing I think that's consistent is the fact that they have horns. Hmm. Yeah. And I find that very odd. You think that, like, they had, um, I can't exactly say with any confidence which game would have been the, which... Star Wars product would be the first one to actually show a crate dragon. One of these pictures looks like a Ralph McQuarrie painting, but um, which could have been like a scene that was cut from the movie. So but, here, here's a quick question. So they don't look that cool. Like they look, they're short and squat and kind of like more of like a dinosaur than anything else. Well, they're, yeah, when, they're, they look like real Komodo dragons. Exactly, but to. but like at a larger scale. Uh, when you hear the name Crate Dragon, you get super excited. When you see that, when I see these pictures of it, I lose all that excitement that that those bones kind of gave me when I heard the the term first. Absolutely, um, I expect definitely a flying beast. So there is a Crate Dragon that does match closer to what would be like the really cool. weird. Yeah, the Great Crate Dragon is like a weird subspecies. And it has, like, ten legs, and it's really weird. It's kind of, like, Dilophosaurus-like. Yeah, it's it's a little, like, Loch Ness Monster-ish. Absolutely. It's it's way more, like... I don't know. Let me see. It it, it almost looks, like, amphibian-ish. Yeah, like, it definitely looks like it's, like, some kind of sand creature... Like like an under sand kind of a creature, like but a that's still dragon. cooler, and what I would what I would expect. Absolutely, no. The regular crate dragons are sort of boring in that way. They're like the regular crate dragon is as boring as the uh, trash compactor monster is weird. Like like they they kind of like swap roles. The trash compactor monster you expect to be this like I don't know like a snake. Yeah, that's this weird like. Cthulhuish thing with a pod head, periscope eye. Yeah, okay, exactly. Just one weird eye, and then, and then a bunch of... so it's a complete opposite of what you're expecting. And this one, you expect this this massive dragon, and it's like a Komodo dragon. The greater dragon would look pretty awesome up on a mountain, looking down at. Oh own. yeah, totally. Oh, and I think they do. Like, not. I mean, I can't say that with any certainty. Uh, the greater crate was a rarer, larger species of crate dragon, known for its tremendous size and continual growth over time. Creatures of near-legendary status, greater trait crate dragons had ten legs, measures at least ten meters from snout to tail tip, and had the ability to move through or on Tatooine's desert sand. Greater crate dragons attacked with their massive jaws or whip-like spiked tails using their claws only to move through the sand. Now, I imagine that the crater great dragon was made as sort of a, like, like this is probably closer to the skeleton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, 
as you can kind of see if you look at the original picture of of that yeah. like sequence. It's it's very just like long. It's and... just like one long neck. It's like if Nessie died mm, in exactly. the middle of a desert. Like, um, in fact, I can't even see like a horn on it. Like, it just looks like a dinosaur bone. Mm. So my first thought, looking at the greater crate dragon, is that it looks like almost like your typical dragon, but a little a little weirder with all the different legs. Is you say it's on top of a mountain, and I'm thinking on Tatooine, I can imagine it like perched up on like Jabba's palace, like especially after Jabba's palace is abandoned or whatever happens after the fall. I mean, I could tell of, you, but well. <laughs> have we talked about that? We, we talked a little bit about... No, no, we gotta save that. We should save that for the Bomar Monks episode. <laughs> but anyway, so speaking of Jabba's Palace, the crate could secrete a lethal venom either, either through its teeth or its spines. Although nature is unclear, numerous underworld characters such as Bib Fortuna have admitted using the substance to kill enemies. Uh, so that gives us a little bit about Bib Fortuna that we've never kind of dove into. Uh, but then it says, although some hollow films... <laughs> Like, I don't even know where this comes from, but... Although some hollow films, such as the hollow thriller Luke Skywalker and the Dragons of Tatooine, depicted crate dragons breathing fire, they are in reality incapable of doing such a feat. So that, that movie is... Is from, that in... Like, in film movie? Hollow film is their versions of films in the Star Wars universe? Like, to me, it sounds like it's like an educational movie. <laughs> it, it might be, but it's actually a... It's, well, it's a hollow thriller. It's a dramatized Luke Skywalker's fictional exploits against Crate Dragons on Tatooine. And it came out in 6 ABY, which would have been about a year after... Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi, if I recall the timeline correctly. So that, I guess that makes some amount of sense. Wait, this, this next sentence here. And I want to see this. The title page contained an illustration that depicted Skywalker wielding a lightsaber while riding a bantha in a battle against a fire-breathing tree. Crate dragon. Banthas would be their prey. It's true. Effectively, I think. Yeah, it seems so like ineffective as like a as, as a, a mount as a mount. Yeah, not without like a, a gun. Now it says Han Solo purchased a copy of it along with other hollow thrillers of its vintage in order to pass time while Leia Organa was engaged in negotiations. Solo viewed it, along with the others, as being low quality but not harmful. Skywalker, on the other hand, took exception to its inaccuracies, pointing out that he had never done such a thing and that Crate Dragons did not breathe fire. What is this? Uh, well, it's from some book, I think. So, like, it's like a... It's like a person was writing a book and they're like, let me write a really bad Star Wars book and we're going to put it in this book. This is pretty recent, actually, too. 2008 to 2010 was an e-book release. This is um, amazing. You know what, though? I have to say, I really like the idea of Han Solo, Princess Leia, and Luke Skywalker... Like sitting around watching these movies? Sitting around watching these movies. Mystery science theater style. Like, they're just yeah, yeah. making fun of it and be like, that never happened. Which is like, it's like, like... Han Solo going in and buying a bunch of old VHS or like video discs. Or I something. I would absolutely and want finding like his friend on one of them. And they got a female lead to play Luke. Of course, <laughs> that was Star Killer, and um, yeah. and uh, Han Solo suspiciously looked like um, George Lucas. Mm. Oh boy, it was uh, it was an odd time in the concept our er- 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 era of uh, Star Wars. So. Now I'm just thinking about them doing an MS3TK of uh, like Star Wars right now. Yeah, I would love to. I'd watch that. Um, so back to Crate Dragons. I have a question. Why is it that yet again it seems like Tatooine is 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 not far from the bright center of the universe, but it seems to be the center? It of is the, universe. the center of the universe. 
It is, because everything important happens there. and It is the depleted uranium center of the universe. Exactly. I mean, it's like anything you see in film. Like, the main character's from there, so that's that's the focus of, of this film. It's the focus of, of, of what we're looking at, and if we don't make, like, his world the focus, why would we make another world the focus? But they specifically say that it's not the break center of the universe. Yeah, um, like... I, I believe it's in episode one where he's like, or, or uh, no, no, it is in episode four. Star. Where he's like, if there was a, if there was a brightest center to the, to the universe, you are in the, the spot. The farthest From spot. it. Yeah. The farthest spot. From yeah. It. And uh, I don't know. Everything comes back to Tatooine and it, it gets it, silly at some point. It is because I can understand from their perspective because it's a known quantity. People like references, even if it's pointless. Like, you know, we don't want them to be eating... Blargowargle steaks. We want them to be eating <laughs> bantha steaks because we've all thought about eating a bantha, hmm. or maybe I have at least. No. Have, have Speak you? For yourself. Never. Speak for yourself. Yeah. Okay. Well, because first you have to shave the bantha. Well, yeah, but you probably cows have hair. Yeah, but what, what do you shave a bantha with? Razor, crepe dragon fang. Maybe. Actually, that's not a bad way to go about it. Actually, I'm surprised that not having read after having read the Rancor entry. Where it says that they use rancor teeth as a lightsaber handle, that I there isn't anything in here about them using crate dragon horns as a lightsaber. Mm. As I've just realized, because they go right for the pearls. That's true, because you can use them in your lightsaber as opposed to. We gotta kill uh, two things. You gotta kill two things to build this lightsaber. I'm gonna build my handle out of a rancor and my blade out of a uh, like. That's a, like super pearl. badass. You know? It is, yeah. I have mine is made out of a bantha and a, uh, and a and a gungan. Ooh, what's yours made out of? Mine would probably have to be made out of. I want to say a Wookiee that I killed myself. His bones, and would be the handle, and then the blade would be. I don't know, something in... I, like, I just grab a piece of glass and put it in there and see if I can get it to work. I think that happens somewhere. <laughs> where he puts a piece of glass in a, in a lightsaber just to see if he can get it to work. Uh, mine would be a, a transparent thermos that would hold blue milk with a little detachable sippy straw. Ooh, so, that would be helpful. Yeah. That would be nice. <laughs> we know that it's at least delicious enough. We know that Luke likes it. We do. Likes it enough to keep refilling. <laughs> Which I watched the <laughs> episode four not that long ago with the, with the kids and... I had to point that out. I was like, look how much he wants to drink this milk. Look how much. And of course, nobody cared. Nobody cared. Can you milk a crate dragon? I mean, it's a lizard, so it wouldn't have milk, would it? But then again, it, it acts like an elephant, and it has lizard, uh, chicken gizzards. I don't want to think about it. No one's gotten close enough. Mm, that's true. Maybe. Maybe. Well, we got the pearls. You can at least get a pearl out of it. But I still want to know how you get it out because these don't look like they have gizzards. Like they might have a little lump, but it looks more like like the kind of lump that you would see as an Adam apple when you look at it closely. So, like, where where would you find this pearl in these things? I don't know. Where is the gizzard? Well, the gizzard is usually like under the like like on a chicken. It's like under the neck. Like it's because it, it has to go through there before it goes down through the mm. soft the rest of the esophagus. I imagine. I mean, I'm no, I'm no chicken expert or um, anything expert for that matter. <laughs> so, but I, I imagine that like to get one of these pearls would be really difficult. Well, they talk about the pearls a little bit. An Ill illustrious owner of one of these famous pearls was Revan, 
who got in exchange for helping Comad Fortuna at killing an enormous crate, canyon crate that was nesting inside a cave near Anchorhead. Revan gave it to, either gave it to the Tuscan Raiders who recognized him as a warrior and allowed him to learn their tradition or kept it for his lightsaber or to sell for credits. So we don't even know what he did, so that doesn't help. Prior to his death, Kalo Nord intended to acquire a Quake Dragon Pearl on Tatooine, but due to the Sith quarantine of Taurus, he was forced to stay and work for Davik. The pearls were also sought by Bastilla Shan's father. Bastilla. Same thing. Who planned <laughs> on using the credits to treat his wife's terminal illness. Uh, unfortunately, oh, so he's not going to use the pearl. To tr- I thought the pearl would treat the terminal illness, but the credits will help. Unfortunately, Mr. Sham was killed by the crate's claws, leaving only his data holocron behind. Then Shady Perrers, a smuggler from Gashik, I wonder if it's a, I guess it's a Wookiee, uh, received a crate pearl sized pearl the size of a human head from a delivery from Tatooine. Although it could easily bring him 100,000 credits, the pearl was soon confiscated by Perrers by an ISB agent. I like to think, because I'm not going to click on it, I hope that the ISB is their version of like TSA. <laughs> like he was like trying to take the pearl through um, getting on an airplane on a, on a, a spaceship of some sort so disguised as a volleyball exactly of course there's three more instances of this of you know these. I'm surprised that Boonalich Pearl's volleyball isn't a Krayt Dragon Pearl ooh interesting maybe that's ooh, maybe, maybe, that, maybe that for the canon version of Boonalich uh, the hunter Doolin retrieved five pearls from a Krayt Dragon so he scored uh, while escorting Yarna Del Gargan across the Tatooine Desert after the death of Jabba um, CC5052 uh, Bly wielded two Krayt Dragon Pearl DC-17 pistols and Han Solo used a Krayt Dragon Pearl to pay his way into the famous Sabacc game uh, where he won the Millennium Falcon from Lando Calrissian. So there's only like six famous incidents uh, instances of the Krayt Dragon Pearls and most of them didn't get them. So it's super rare. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, you have to kill one of those things. Okay, so CC5052 was apparently a clone trooper. I just wanted to see if they had a picture of these decked out pistols. Oh, yeah. I don't know how you're supposed to deck out these pistols. It's like, it's bling. Yeah. I mean, I could see it. We make pearl, like, revolver handles. Like, well, not necessarily pearl, but, like, you can do ivory and stuff like that. Maybe you can do pearl, I'm not sure. I don't know how you really deck out these these pistols. They're not exciting. No, you just put, like, a... They're Rex's pistols That's a, from um, the Clone Wars, if that helps anybody out there. I doubt it. I'm just surprised that Boba Fett didn't kill one. That's true. Boba Fett should have. Yeah, in every story they put Boba Fett in Here, Here's so what he... happens, okay? I'm picturing it in my head. Is that... So, you know how the... Um, the uh, What's it called? The... Uh... Great Dragon? No, no. The the, the, pit in, the Great Pickup of Carcoon, the, um, the Sarlacc, yeah. has the little tentacles. Mm-hmm. So, what he does is Boba Fett... Gets out of the thing, grabs on the tentacle, flings himself. He lands in front of a crate dragon and just shoots it dead and then skins it and wears its cloak. There you go. So, I'm curious who would win in a fight. The crate dragon or Boba Fett on top of his panna dragon from the, the Star Wars Holiday Special. Ooh. Well, the panna dragon probably only swims in what looks like jelly. <laughs> so, he's obviously flawed. Yeah. So... And the fact that that thing has a name is interesting, because I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Panda Dragon. Have you seen the holiday no. special? Oh, man, no, I, I well, saw a few bits of it. I'm going to spoil uh, a little bit of that for you. Oh. Um, it's a very cartoony dragon that, that is kind of awesome looking. Like, the whole Boba Fett sequence is really neat looking. Um, but it's, it's so silly looking in its close-up. But in the wide shot, 
it's just it's like epic seeing somebody riding on it. Like yeah, T Rex head. Not yeah, a T Rex, a uh, Triceratops head. It's, it's silly. It's like a Triceratops head on like Nessie. Yeah. Or uh, Dilophosaurus, I think is what they're called. I, I referenced that earlier. I don't know if I'm right. I think Dilophosaurus might be something else. You sound intelligent when you say it. I know, doesn't it? It sounds like a word that means something. But I think that Boba Fett could... Oh my. Boba Fett could <laughs> take one out because Crate uh, Dragons have a weakness. While their scales are resistant to blaster fire, uh, they can be shot through the nose and hit in the brain. Well, okay. it's a one in a million shot, but Boba Fett can make that one million shot because pe- he's cool. People like him. Like, so wait, you gotta th- shoot them through the nose? This opens up whole new possibilities. Can a Rancor be nasally executed? I mean, I... Oh, that's a good point, actually. A Rancor? A Rancor? Or... Like, yeah, Rancors yeah, have bigger well, noses, so I imagine. But then again, yeah. actually, it might be that the crate Dragon, like, evolutionarily, are really, like, stupid. Well, because the, the idea about... that, like, you could shoot the brain directly from the nasal cavity... But they're extreme... They're very low to the ground. That's true. So that's even harder. It's not like this dragon that's looming over you, looking down at you, and you just mm-hmm. shoot it in the nose. It's lower than... I mean, I guess they're huge, so, you know... You yeah, they're bigger be... than you. They Like, I mean, like, it's still... I imagine it's just soft tissue and you're just burning right through. Well, it. living on the desert, they would have some sort of flaps to cover their nose, though. That's true. They should, but are they? I guess they might. Are they scale? I don't know. The scales are resistant to blaster fire because, of course, they are. So maybe you have to catch them breathing out. Maybe that might be hard, but he could do it. Hmm. Boba Fett, if anybody, if anybody can, it's Boba Fett and any main character. <laughs> If, it's, it's in everybody's history, somebody's killed a creature. I mean, like the only the only main character I can think of that couldn't do it is C three PO. Like C three PO couldn't shoot a crate dragon through the nostril. Dear, dear. But uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Luke would just stab it with a lightsaber because that's Luke. Um. So there's there's a few other dragons. There's a Kel dragon. Ah, uh, yes, the Kel do, dragon. Do you know anything about the Kel dragon? They were lesser than a crate dragon. That's all I know. They are lesser, lesser than a... as in smaller, smaller or as yeah. in poorer. They were lower social status. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They <laughs> appeared in a video game. I believe it was Dark Forces. Okay. Um, they were originally supposed to be crate dragons, but then they were not. So somebody just didn't do their research, and they wound up just changing the name. I think it's because they didn't want to make a boss that big. Is my uh, guess. You had to fight that in Kotor, right? One or two, I can't. You remember. might have probably, you probably did have the to one fight. with uh, AK forty-seven. I think HK forty-seven. HK forty-seven. Yeah, I think you do. I think you have to fight a Kel Dragon, but I know you have to fight a Crate Dragon in that. But I don't remember if you have to kill Kel Dragon. I just know that the Kel Dragons appear in that game. They're just smaller Crate Dragons, essentially. So, on the other side, we have the Duinigwin. Yeah, these are definitely something I really want to talk about. Which is because... what I wish the Crate Dragon was. I, you know, I don't know if I can agree with you completely on that, but. They are. I mean, like, you look mean look wise. They're like dog dragons. Would be a pretty good way to. Describe yeah, they definitely it. look like there's a more there's like a, an original sketch from what looks like a source book from the for the uh, like the role playing game, and then there's a picture from like a modern day comic book, and it definitely looks more like a dog. In oh, the... it's so bizarre! It just looks like a creepy dog, like an Egypt, a, Egyptian dragon god with like a whole bunch of different legs. But but they um, they had serpentine bodies, diaphanous wings, a pair of legs on each of the many body segments. Uh, the frontmost ones were used as are as as hands, um, ten meters long. Uh, but it does mention the graveyard of the dragons here. 
um, which is not the same as the crate graveyards. Aside from guesswork based on the observation observations of live Dewinigwin, little is known of their biology as they never gave up their bodies to scientific research. Instead, they went to an uncharted planet known the graveyard of, known as the graveyard of the dragons. So dragons just go to places to die. So dragon graveyards are a common thing. Uh, Teleport? Do they go into the back of a cave and emerge on the other planet? I imagine they fly through the sky. This looks like they, they they're capable of flying through space. It was believed that they had internal organs which acted as repulsor lifts, since their <laughs> wings were too delicate for such creatures to take off from any uh, the lowest gravity planets. Some star dragons, which is their other name, star dragons, had the ability to exhale superheated gases, leading to speculation that they also had internal organs capable of organic cold fusion. One of their most impressive abilities was the ability to fly and survive in the vacuum of deep space for weeks or months at a time. Puts them above Goku. They could live for 2,000 years. Um, they have one uh, gender. Uh, little is known about the reproductive process, just Sounds in case you're wondering. I do want to say here, I'm going to kind of skip ahead a bit there. Um, I'm going to paraphrase here. Essentially, they, as the Galactic Civil War started to come together, they left. They isolated themselves. And I'm just picturing in my mind that the Star Dragons are like, so long, and thanks for all the fish. And they just left. <laughs> just be like, you guys can handle this on your own. And then they came back afterwards. Really? <laughs> like, that's when they like they were like, okay, we're good now. You're good? Everybody's good? There's nobody killing everybody now? <laughs> We've done our job. We've done our job, okay. So, the last thing about these star dragons, uh, before we go back to the crate, it's just their names. There's three common names here for, for star dragons, and I just want to hear each one of us try to pronounce them. So, I'll start with the first one, because that's the easiest one. There's lots of, like, there's lots of weird characters, and I'll just say it. Ircarisol is the first one. Go ahead, Mike, you can do the next one. Oh, that's easy. It's Shalax Harzan. There you go. And Marty, the yeah. very last one. Uh, Veranaxith? There you go. Common star dragon names. Is that like that's a list of common star dragon names? <laughs> They're common names, not even like. like Is that like? Names. Are, wait, are, can you play as star dragons in a role playing game somewhere? Why would you want to play as with these? I, I there's so many questions there that I have to I, I have to know. Yeah, there. I mean, it's hard enough to say. Dagonawigan win. Dagonawin. I mean, there's a couple other names. There's Bors Matao. And Starwing. I think some of these you have to spit and pass gas just to pronounce them I'm pretty sure that some of these are actually Klingon words that they're somehow sneaking into the Star Wars universe, which I do not appreciate, Star Trek fans. Yeah, there's a lot of apostrophes in this this article. (laughs) It's very Star Wars, admittedly. Um, Star Trek, you mean? Or Star Wars? Star Wars. Star Wars has a lot of uh, apostrophes. Does it? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think it's a common thing. Uh, Blue Village Pearl doesn't have one. That's true. He needed like three more. So, um, anything else on the Cray Dragon before I get to this final cue? Cray Dragons. Who would win? Cray Dragon versus Rancor. Um, well, that's interesting. That might even be better than my final cue, but, um. I mean, if I had to take a pick, I think the Crate Dragons are larger. So, it, by sheer mass, maybe the Great Dragon. Plus, they're poisonous, which I don't think the mm. Rancors are, necessarily. There might be a subspecies that is. Because there's a subspecies that can fly, there has to be a subspecies that can spit poison. Rancors can fly? 
There's yeah, a, yeah, there's uh, the yeah. subspecies of oh Rancor my. that can fly. I'm sorry that we spoiled uh, an nice. episode that you haven't gotten to oh, yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, my thought... We don't see a Rancor like in its prime. We see a beaten down Rancor that's living in a dungeon. That's true. Yeah. Yes. And then we see a that's dead right. Crate Dragon, so it's no better. Um, I'm going to go with the Rancor because it's just cooler. And I would hope the cooler thing would be, would win on in a fight. I will say the greater Crate Dragon would win. Definitely. Um, Okay, so my final question is is a little speculative. How would Star Wars be different if that was a live Krayt Dragon at the beginning of A New Hope and not a skeleton of a Krayt Dragon? What do you expect... Where do you expect the movie goes from there? Hmm. Well, that's tough. You know, I'm going to say... Because it totally changes the tone immediately. Well, yeah, if it was a live like, they go dragon. to a planet where, I guess, uh, they're they're spooked by the sand, and there's, like, nothing going on, and, you know, or you go to a planet, and it's hostile immediately. Well, would, would C-3PO and R2-D2 have encountered the Great Dragon first? I imagine they would, because if it was just a live one, where Yeah, they so were... they encounter a live one instead of encountering a skeleton. Our C-3PO would be dead. And then that crate dragon would die because of indigestion. Like, it would just cut up his insides and it would not be pleasant. Would it form a, a copper-colored pearl? Maybe. Ooh. Interesting. With one silver leg. Which, it's it's a copper-colored pearl and they... Along with that pearl, there's some sort of uh, chip that has the hologram that, that Luke picks up. By buying the copper covered pearl from the Jawas uh, at their little garage sale. It is immediately a much darker film <laughs> because C3PO as a comic relief is gone and been killed in the first five minutes. Yeah, it's like it's like the actor you couldn't get him for too long, so he just did like a couple scenes. Uh, you can get Anthony Daniels to show up anywhere as C3PO, I'm sure. Give him five bucks and he'll show up at your birthday party. He could pay you. He's so excited about that character. Or, before the Great Dragon digests our two heroes, Boba Fett arrives. Oh, and shoots and him up sa- the saves them. Yeah, shoots him <laughs> up the nostril and saves them. Yeah. See, that makes sense to me. That makes sense. Alright, so last question, which wasn't planned either, but without any uh, Episode 7 spoilers... Will we see a Krayt Dragon? Hmm. It's hard to be spoil-free because there there's, was that dragon in that trailer. There's so many <laughs> ways to give fan service, though, and well, that's the whole thing. Is, screen time. Like the fan service of a Krayt Dragon is is deep fan service. You know, yeah. like most people don't have a clue that that was you know the. I, like this, especially the way it looks, like, because it is this squat, like... If they go to Tatooine, I think you will, but only for a brief second. In the same way that that weird frog thing appeared at the beginning, at uh, Return of the Jedi, right in front of uh, his Oh, yeah, so just like the cutaway. Yeah, like it's just something quick or something. Like the establishing shot. Or, if they go to Tatooine, it's a large set where they're trying to get something. Like, there's some secret Sith artifact somewhere, and they're like... Well, what's in that cave? We'll be like, yeah, about 32 crate dragons. Like, oh. Well, we probably shouldn't go in there and then go in there anyway. Yeah, I I mean, I I would have... Before this episode, I would have said I would hope we see one. But now that I've seen one and see that it just looks like a... Like a fat alligator. Um, well, well, they're not really canon anymore. 
So, like, at least the looks, they can change it. we can't see one. Yeah, I mean, That's true, they could change the look, absolutely. Oh, wait, no, there, is, there cool. is one canon one. Boo. Um, apparently this picture is canon. That picture's not bad. That picture looks, uh... Nice. I'm gonna describe it here as... A little Balrog-ish. It, yes. looks, it looks like a cross between uh, Vince Clortho and Zool from Ghostbusters and, oh, Go- yeah. and exactly. Godzilla. Exactly. Zool, yeah. yeah. It is definitely very Zool. There's also an Anakin in front of it, which I'm going to ignore. This is oh, no, that's a Luke, isn't it? His hair is blonde. Oh, is that Luke? I'm sorry. Yeah, that looked like a, his hair is blonde. That might be a Luke. All right, so uh, eight, eight, yeah, a little, over, a little under eight months from now, we will we'll revisit this and see the the crate dragon episode from Star Wars. Yeah, when we time. do our special uh, episode seven coverage episode, which I'm sure we're guaranteed to do. And if there's all the <laughs> like, we're gonna be like, oh, there, there was like seven crate dragons. They're all eating each other. It was awesome. <laughs> we're going to be going back and saying either we were right about all this stuff or we were wrong about it. Because how many things did we say so far we wanted to see in it? You know? We should get, I'll, I'll have to gather a list of yeah. uh, all the stuff we want to see. All right. So that's pretty much it. Um, Mike, any any final thoughts as our, as our special guest this episode? No. Just uh, always tell me the odds. <laughs> The odds of us ending uh, under 45 minutes are... Nope, we shot it. Yep, it's too late. All right. All right. Thanks, everyone. And thank you. Bye. And thank you for listening to Star WTF, or Star What The... You can join us over at Facebook. You can find us by just typing in Star WTF into Google's into Facebook search, and you'll find us there. You can join us over at Fruitless Pursuits, where we post episodes every Wednesday. And you can uh, like us on iTunes? No, you don't like people on iTunes. You can rate us on iTunes. We have one awesome rating, and uh, if you're going to do a bad one, we, we don't want to balance out that one good one too bad. So, uh, for good ratings, we want a second one. It would be great. Especially since if you can come up with a title as good as that review is. It would be great. It would be great. Uh, oh, man. Thanks, everyone. Alright, thank you. Bye. Good night.